You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We are just over a week away from... Flyers regular season hockey for the 2021-2022 season. What's been going on between then and now? Let's talk about it right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. We are Ivan Provorov, number of days away from the regular season. Nine days, or if you're listening later in the week, it's probably a little bit less, I would imagine, unless the world has ended. Uh, We are so glad you're here as always. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Orange and Backcheck Podcast. And a guy across from me as always is Scott Weinhart. What's going on, brother? Did you really have to do that? The whole, oh, we're Ivan Provorov days away. It's nine days. Well, I mean, we usually do that with the episode number. We've gotten so high in the numbers, we can't do that anymore. But like, well, what's the the how number? You got to do like what they do on the Twitter feed all the time. Like, oh, X number of days away or the jersey numbers. I mean, what's this is episode 87. So really the only one that matters now is the next episode, 88, the Eric Lindros episode. Uh-huh. which i'm fine with it will yeah. have a huge tribute about uh really nothing because it'll be like we'll, we'll hype up the episode <laughs> and it'll be fan like oh we're gonna have the the best episode ever at episode 88 and then it's gonna fall on its head and, and then well happens. hopefully what what because we're gonna cross 100 episodes on this season three of the of well we're if you're listening on the apple itunes all we do is season one but we're officially in season three of the orange and back check podcast and we're gonna hit 100 episodes if all goes right unless we have a falling out and i decide i hate you but i don't plan on ha- having that happen so I we'll hit 100 episodes depending on what happens on <laughs> cod you, you might you might have a possibility of like you know you you've you've seen it firsthand my friend yelling all the time because you know, I usually hit the ground first. I fall right on bio. I die. And so pretty soon, yeah, listen, you'll learn you to are like aggressive in COD. That's all that, that you, you are aggressive in COD, unnecessarily aggressive in COD. That's the point of the game, right? You got to go in head first. And start <laughs> yeah, but we're also trying to win the game, man. What's You're that? trying to win the game. Just like AV is trying to win this city, a Stanley Cup for the Philadelphia Flyers. We're trying to win Rebirth Island. That's all. That's all you need to know. That's we've all won multiple need. times with my aggressive attitude. I've won. I since I've started playing again. Since, since I haven't played since like May of 2021 of this year, I just started getting back into it. I've won once with you. So and you're we won in your twice, squad. Unless you weren't part of the squad. I wasn't one. part of the squad. I've ah, won once wait, okay, so you weren't part of yeah. the squad that night. So that's the thing is that we win constantly. We win all the time. Uh, well, let's start off with just what our overall feel for the preseason is. Obviously, there's the big story of of the accusations from Los. Uh, I almost said Los Angeles, Las Vegas Knights goalie uh, Robin Leonard 
uh, about AV and the, the really serious stuff. But let's get the third. What you're feeling are there's only been, I think, two or three telecasted last night's against the Islanders wasn't broadcasted in any capacity, which I mean, in 2021 just blows my mind. But it sounds like we kind of missed a snore. They lost three nothing to the Islanders, but they had oh, oh a, a nice couple of wins right before that. So it's like I, I think there's a couple of standouts. I mean, Morgan Frost was sent down earlier. We'll talk about him. Um, who, who are your who are your standouts so far this preseason? I know it's tough because they kind of shortened it. It seems like they shortened it this year in anticipation of COVID. So not much to go on. But what what are you feeling? It's tough to really look at the preseason and get it and get a judge and get a real judgment out of it. Like, okay, for instance, last night, Martin Jones gave a three goals on 17 shots. That's terrible. Like at the yeah. end of the day, that's terrible. Like you're only seeing 17 shots, but that happens when you're a goalie who's used to more volume. If you don't get into a rhythm early and you don't get, see a lot of shots, it's sometimes it's hard when you don't see many of them to get in the rhythm and get and the ones just get past you for whatever reason. Um, you know, I will say that the big story, of course, is talking about Carter Hart. And that's the big one. He looks sharp. There's a lot of things we could talk about with him later on. For me, though, I don't really take preseason too much into into situ- into like consideration. I really honestly don't, because at the end of the day, most of the matchups are against more AHL guys, especially when teams go it's on true. the road. So I think what I, I think what you really look for, I, I think the player that has stuck out to me is Keith Yandel. I think what he has brought to this squad is exactly what uh, Chuck Fletcher and AV were looking for: veteran presence, a vocal leader, um, and just a, a, a calming. A, 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 someone described him, and I apologize, I can't remember who reported this, but someone described him as cut from the same cloth as Kevin Hayes. He's a leader in the locker room, and 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 they just kind of mellow everyone out. They don't they take things. Seriously, to a degree, but they also liven up the the, the locker room to to because hockey's fun. It's a sport that we enjoy talking about. We enjoy playing when we get the chance, and, and it's just one of those. And especially you get to watch it. Like it's just one of those sports where you need to be loose to really perform and do well in. And I think a presence like Keith Yandel uh, has really brought that. And he's physical. Like he's 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 able to put the body uh, body uh, up against you. And it's just one of those things where his presence is immediately being felt. And that's certainly a good thing for this, for this club. hundred percent. But again, it's preseason. Okay. It, it still is preseason and a guy at his level, at his experience at his age should be playing very well in the preseason. I'd be concerned if he didn't, because then you're saying, okay, well, this is a pretty poor signing because that's not going to translate well over to the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand with Keith Yano, because I know he had a close relationship with uh, Kevin Hayes. And they are pretty much, you know, they have very good friendship. I believe they played in college together. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I can I can absolutely see that. For me, though, I look at the preseason and say, okay, which guys of the young guys are really stepping up and taking the role of being able to crack the NHL roster? That's what I'm looking for in the preseason. I don't care how Ryan Ellis is playing, Rasmus Ristolainen. These are guys with NHL experience that are, I wouldn't say they're going through the motions, but in a sense, they really are. They're just yeah. getting game action to get ready into the regular season. The big telling story for me was the Morgan Frost situation being sent down today. And I think there's a lot that goes into it. And you check Twitter and people are like panicking, like, oh, my God, this kid's a bust. Like, you know, I can't believe he didn't crack the line about a camp. Like, you know, without Kevin Hayes being there for a certain amount of weeks, you expect them to fill the hole. But I certainly did. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, it, it, it's disappointing for that he's already being sent down. But when you read into it, 
you kind of get it. He's not playing very well. He doesn't seem like he's still, I, for, I, for, I don't know why I forgot this. I completely forgot that he got injured towards the end yeah. of the end of last year. So he's kind of re, still rehabbing from that. I'm sure knocking the rust off. Like there's no doubt in my mind by December, January, at the latest, if by, if he's still struggling, he'll be back in this lineup, whether it's a, as the 12th forward or the 13th forward, doesn't really matter. He'll be on this roster in some capacity in a few weeks is, is the point of this. Like wh- the fact that he's not an opening night roster is not the end of the, not the end of the end of the world for me. Uh, agreed. And here's, what we have to remember about Morgan Frost. He's 22 years old. He's still a younger player. Now, if a player who's expected to crack the lineup at this point in his career has not done so yet, everybody was giving him a shoe. And after basically making the club last year, being sent up and down, getting hurt. You made a really good point about the fact, yes, when you're rehabbing an injury, it's very hard to train for the regular season and the preseason and be at 100% because you're rehabbing your injury and not fully training up to where you need to be. That's one part of it. The second part is in the preseason, you do need to excel and really show that you earned a roster spot to be able to crack the lineup. By the fact that he didn't, It tells me the Flyers aren't giving up on him. There's two things I think that are happening. One of them, they're sending him a message saying, all right, dude, listen, you didn't play well enough to play at the NHL level. You got to go down there and you got to get better. Part of it, too, is that, okay, we also look at it as he's 22 years old. We don't need to rush him up. We don't need to force him in a role he's probably not going to be ready for because if he's not performing up the stuff in the preseason, that means he's going to be a disaster um, the third line, basically, and you can't have that, especially after the defensive disaster it was last year. And even as Elliot Freeman said in his 32 thoughts today, the team was basically spiraling out of control and getting no way out of it. You can't start off that way. So kudos to them for making the tough move of being able to send him down to get himself straightened out and then move forward at some point in the season when he is ready. And let's also not forget, like, he's also just signed a contract like he just signed a monster deal that showed the team had faith in him and was like now all of a sudden because he's being sent down to lehigh we think it's like some sort of signal that he's a bust like i i don't understand how we jump to these conclusions all the time when something just is going and you're just like how do we reach that conclusion or no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Farabee. You're thinking Farabee because I'm thinking he Farabee. doesn't have he's RFA next season. Yeah, so I, I I'm thinking of Farabee with the contract extension. So I apologize for the last 15 seconds. But it, like the point remains the same. Yes, it's 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 frustrating that a 2017 draft pick. I think I think that's when he was dra- yes. taken same in the second round. Patrick. In the second round, like yeah. It's disappointing that that draft is all of a sudden not lining up the way you expected with Nolan Patrick obviously being shipped off and now Morgan Frost being sent down uh, back down to Lehigh. But it, it, that, that, it takes a while. It, it, it's like the Brandon Graham effect is a good example of what Great uh, example for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like Brandon Graham took forever to develop into the player that he is now. And look what happened as soon as he tore his Achilles. Like this defense fell apart on the Eagles. Not saying that's going to happen here with Morgan Frost. He's not there yet. In two years, three years, when he's hopefully back on this roster, as like you said, he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. Like to, to, to decide, this is also the problem with Philadelphia. Like we give up on athletes entirely too quickly. It's all of a sudden after two years, three years, Four years, we're like, oh, no, this guy's a bust. And it, it's part of the process of uh, we need results right now. And I, 
yes, the four years can be frustrating. But when you have a prognosis of what he can be, like, why wouldn't you just like be patient for 20 seconds with this kid in, in Morgan Frost? Like, it's not difficult, but we make it difficult for ourselves. Well, because a lot of teams have propensity to really go into win now mode. And of the course, Flyers are, are in win now mode. The move in the offseason signal that. Yeah. And they want him to be a piece of the puzzle because let's be honest, you gave up Braden Shen for him and Braden Shen has turned out to be a pretty good center overall, better than he was here. He's not, not in the elite category, but he's a solid center. And, you know, it's something where you gave up a good talent to pick him up and expected him to come in a mold and be a good scorer on this team, and it hasn't happened yet. But at the same time, again, look at it. He just came off a shoulder injury. He probably wasn't able to train as well as he could have during the offseason because he was rehabbing. Like, yes, you can go running. But you can't work on your stick skills. You can't work on your, you know, you're working, you're using your body around because you, your shoulders hurt. Shoulder injuries are not easy to come back from. You talk to like one Brian Boucher. We heard he hurt his shoulder. I want to say the year before he retired when he was when he signed with Carolina, and he said it took him forever to get back. But just it would not heal right. So for whatever reason, shoulder injuries can be a real pain to come back from. I mean, it is a it is a joint. It's very difficult. Yep. So you have to take that into consideration, and also. It's not going to hurt him being in the minors for the longer because he'll get better minutes down there. And probably, if anything, I would look at this as a pro and say, hey, this is a kick in the ass for me. And I'm going to take every opportunity I can to, to get back up here because I know they're counting on me and I didn't do a good enough job. Anybody who's got enough drive is going to do that. You're not going to give up on them now because you just gave up on Nolan Patrick. So that's another key thing, too, is that he's not a bust. He's 22. A bust is when you're like 24, 25. Like, yep. Yep. No offense. That's the other thing right, too. Like right around San Moran territory. That's when you're talking at bust. Exactly. Like the NHL bust ratio, or like the 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 definition of a bust is way different because of how young these kids are taken nowadays right. in the NHL draft. They're taken sometimes at seven, as young as seventeen, for God's sakes. Yeah. But the other the other player we're focusing on to see who he has a big comeback, and all signs point to that he's primed. Like the world, the oyster that is the 2021-2022 season for Carter Hart is there for the taking and it's it's looking really positive so far i mean as as you alluded to earlier elliot friedman's 32 thoughts this if you haven't seen it check it out uh he just posted it this morning at the time of this podcast or this afternoon at the time of the podcast like the flyers went all in on the major project and possibly the only major project as elliot put it uh for the flyers in getting carter hart right working with both of his personal coaches and the flyers coaches like this is a good sign that they're clearly not just extending him in confidence with a contract, but giving him the tools that he needs, not just in the internal organization, but also being able to bring his guy in from the Edmonton side. Uh, I'm blanking on the coach. I had it right here. Dustin uh, Schwartz. Yeah. D- D- Dustin Schwartz. Uh, of his Kim personal Dillabaugh is the Flyers coach. Flyers that, goalie coach. Kim yeah. Dillabaugh is the Flyers goalie coach. And right. that's why Martin so, Jones came here because he worked with Kim Dillabaugh back in Los Angeles. Right. So I I think what like what have you seen so far? Obviously, like I said, there's it's mind-boggling to me that we didn't have every haven't had every game broadcasted, but Carter Hart has gotten a lot of a decent amount of minutes in, in the in this preseason. And I know you don't put a lot into it, but I think the biggest thing we look for in Carter Hart is is his technical base and and fundamentals back. 
And all signs point to honestly, I think yes, but you're the goalie on this podcast. Well, again, it's still preseason. I don't don't take it because I've seen Jeff Hackett play lights out in the preseason and early in the regular season and fell apart. I'm talking Jeff Hackett here. Like it looked like, wow, who's this guy? This doesn't look like the Jeff Hackett I know. Oh, wait, there's the Jeff Hackett I know. Right. Um, but you know, to be honest with you. Um, I watched part of that Boston game the other night, and from what I've seen out of him, it, I've seen his movements are crisper. His lateral movement's better. He's got more burst. For whatever reason, I've just seen him have more burst moving side to side, more than you usually have. I think last year was really a good wake-up call for him, and here's why. He's a guy who's always been able to persevere and, and shine in the big moment. Last year was probably the worst season of his career not his nhl career his entire playing career i mean yeah look he he won he won whl goalie of the year with the everett silver tips and you know he's he's been always at the top of oh wow like you know he's always going to be a top draft pick had a lot of things kind of like the carry price thing we talked about before carry price had a down year before he came back and he became one of the best goalies in the nhl for a long time I think with with uh, with Carter Hart, you look at the way he moved. Uh, watch, just watch him the way his move, his dynamic, just the, how alert he is, how how um, how focused he is. Like Vigneault said, he's locked in, which is a really good thing for a goalie. And it's especially early on. Like if he's already yeah. being labeled as locked in four games in, five games into the preseason, it's a good sign. It, it's a it's a it's a good start. It's a good start. We'll say it that way because. He is going to have to come over some hurdles this season. You know, the team is going to take a while to gel. He's got to keep him in games. But again, it wasn't just technique that I saw. It just feels like he's another year older also. So he's 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 not he's not he's he's 21 years old. I understand that, but I'm saying he's still going to be um let's go. He's 23 years old, excuse me. He he's another year older. He's more of an adult now. He's not a 21-year-old kid. He's mm-hmm. a 23 year old young man, a young adult. He's not and having I, that first beer for the first time at, at Broad Street Tavern. Yeah, or yeah, Tavern exactly. On Broad. Yes, yes. So he knows how to, <laughs> he knows how to handle. And I think for you know going through everything that he did last year, going through a pandemic, going through not being able to practice, going through being able to see the probably the worst he's ever played, going through changing his uh, his sports psychiatrist really and and getting rid of a sports psychiatrist. Going through all that can have a lot of impact on a young man, and not just on a professional level, but on a personal level as well. And I think that he just wants to get back to doing what he wants to do best, and that's be a goalie and be yeah. a good goalie and play hockey. And I think that everything that I've seen out of him just in the short sample size, again, it's preseason. Technically, I think he's much more sound. He's got more speed. I think that burst, because now he's 23 years old, like he's going to start entering the prime years of being a man not prime years of goaltending yet, but prime years of being a young man where he's going to have a little more speed, a little more burst and more flexibility, that more where the body's in peak shape all the mm-hmm. time and I and fully matured. And I think that has a lot to do with it coming into the season is that, you know, he looks square to the puck. The lateral movement looked really good. You know, he's, he's fighting around screens. He's looking at where the puck is going. He's, he's really staying focused. A lot of what I've seen so far is a really good start for where he needs to be for this season. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, I, I don't like I don't know how else to put it. Like, I'm excited for what Carter Hart can bring to the table because it's kind of as we've talked about in this offseason, Chuck Fletcher put a lot of faith in, in Carter Hart because of what the, the the blueprint of what we had. Like you said, COVID, the, getting rid of his sports psychologist, psychiatrist, like all of this stuff kind of, I think, snowballed for for Carter in this past season. But the blueprint of what the season prior and when he came up in December of 2019 uh, or 
2018, whatever yeah, the dates are. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like the blueprints there and why you gave him that contract. You give him extension uh, as a void of confidence, but it's also at the same time, there's a lot of pressure on him this season because you built the roster, you improve the roster because you're kind of said to yourselves, okay, we have problems. Carter Hart was a problem, but we think it was mostly because of the defense and right. the lack of a, of a four check and a blue line that or a blue line support for Carter Hart. So there's a lot of pressure on Carter Hart. And the fact that we're seeing him be a little bit looser, it feels like the pressure, the pressure is obviously there. There's no denying it, but I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's focused like, on the pressure though. I was yeah. saying like, and I, I think it's where you were going to get to is that I'm sorry to cut you off. Like, I don't think he's going to feel the pressure this year. Yeah. I think that he's getting back to square one. Like, and let's, let's look at this from a different angle as well. Let's look at this from the fact of think back to when you were 21. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think back when you're 21. Like you have literally have a whole new world open up to you. Now think about this kid who's in that was hot button goaltending city it ever, ever existed, unless you're Montreal, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, or Toronto, because they can't ever find one anymore. Um, you're in a hot button city where they expect you to right away. The fans are like, oh, you say this guy is this good, good, then bring us a cup. Uh, you, you come in with turmoil with a new GM and new everything like that. You name the start of the following season with a new coach. You know, you're just playing your game and just having a good time. Then a pandemic hits all 21 years old. And then you can't practice next season. And then you have no real way of really connecting your teammates. Everything's spiraling out of control. And there's a negative attitude at 22 years old. Think about your difference between when you're 21 years old and 23 years old. 21, you're running a whole new world. You're able to drink and everything. You're able to go party, be able to be an adult, do everything legal now. And then 23, you've got two years into it, and you're much more well-rounded about it. You know what I mean? You, you, you yeah. kind of figure yourself out a little more. So that's where I think that people really gave Carter Hart a hard time last season is that they're not they're thinking of the fact of, oh, we're supposed to be so good. Yes, supposed to be. But also, you're playing in a league full of men who do are the best in the world at doing this, and you're going against them at 22 when the world is against you and your team is falling apart. You got to think in human terms a little bit here. So that's not the easiest thing to go through. And hitting the reset button and coming back this year, it's going to be a great thing for him. And I think that he'll do great things. And now that he's got a good support behind him and a guy like Martin Jones – who can pick up the load a little more, especially in back-to-back -back situations and stuff, and they can really get some. Uh, you have you have an opportunity here for a really really good tandem here going forward, and it really comes down to Carter Hart because Martin Jones, Martin Jones is a good goalie. Don't get me wrong, Martin Jones is a good goalie. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Martin Jones before. also can be a not good goalie. He can so, be a really bad goalie. Like that's what I was going to. My question to you: What next thing was like? Let's before we get to the 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 Vegas and the and the or the Robert Leonard stuff and and the AV stuff, like what happens if Martin Jones doesn't live up to the hype that you're projecting? Because you're way more sold on Martin Jones as a solid backup than I am. I'm not convinced that Martin Jones is going to be the guy here uh, for the. I know it's only one year, but like if he falls apart, that puts a lot even more pressure on Carter Hart, and Good. you're potentially playing him a lot more games you're, so, you're not going to do that you're, but, just if, the way but if martin jones sucks then what are you going to do if you're if you're battling you all trade of a sudden, for, if a you're battling for a seven or eight seed or a wild card spot you're going to have to martin, lean on the guy martin, that's hoping you and I, I think you're overreacting i don't think martin jones is going to be that terrible i'm saying there's times where martin jones is going to frustrate this fan base like yeah he that's, is. yeah uh, that's true he is he frustrated the, the the san jose fan base but also take him to a stanley cup final back in 2016 like yeah. yes we're talking five years ago which in hockey terms can be ancient history but I'm saying from a perspective of 
this is a guy who can play 60 games in front of a defense. Yes, he's going to frustrate you, but our Brian Elliott frustrated people as well. Like at the end of the day, it's he's he's a backup goaltender. Like you need him to get to have the experience that he's had and play, especially you're talking a lot of back-to-backs this season. The season's already starting late. It's starting in the middle of October. Yep. You're also adding in the Olympics in a two-week shutdown. You're talking, you are going to have a ton of back-to-backs. You're going to have a ton of games, three games in four nights. I'm not saying that Martin Jones is going to win you every single game. I'm saying he's going to have a really good season because of the fact he's not going to play 60 games this year, and he can still win you a lot of them. But there are going to be times where you're going to be frustrated by him because sometimes just the way he plays his game – I watched it the other night when he was playing against um, against Washington. He gave up a goal early. And you watch, his hands are always in tight. He never – he plays that blocking style. He's not a guy who's going to be flashy. He's going to be a guy who plays the percentages. He plays a blocking style goaltender. He's nothing exciting, but that's what I'm saying. You start picking corners on him, you can do it. But Martin Jones, I think, is going to have a really good season because he's not going to have that workload that he did in San Jose. And I still think at 31 years old, he's still a good enough goaltender to pick up the slack if Carter Hart isn't there. He's your insurance policy. That's it. And if he's not playing up the snuff where you need him to, there's a lot of UFA goalies who are going to be unrestricted free agents next season as well. There always are. You can yeah, always trade for I one. mean, you can easily move on. I don't from think Martin it's going to happen. Work out. I'm just saying the way he plays is versus to Carter Hart, he will frustrate some Flyer fans because I'm like, oh, my God, what, what is wrong with this guy? How did, he, how did he not stop that? You're going to get some of those goals sometimes. It's because he plays the percentages and plays a blocking style where he doesn't move his body and use his body to really get in front of everything. So Carter Hart's not that tight. Carter Hart's more of an athletic, acrobatic-style goaltending. So to, to go back on what I might point I was trying to make is that you're not going to have to worry about it. I'm just saying at some points, Martin Jones can be very good, but Martin Jones can also be very bad because of the way he plays the game. So it really comes down to as long as he plays better, I think as long as he plays well and can play up to his ability that he's done in the past, he could probably win most of the games for you. And then you're at the situation where next season, it's like a Cam Talbot situation where he's not going to resign here and go get a starter job. He's here to reclaim his career, basically. And he's on a one-year contract. So I, I don't see why he would have a bad season at all. It, it's just, like I said, for Flyers fans specifically, how critical they are of the goaltending position, they will sometimes question some kind of goals that go in the net, like they always do. Yep. But I, that's what I'm telling you is that you're going to be like, how did he get beat on that? You're just, it's going to happen. Just warning you right now. Yeah. Uh, the, the big story this week, really, I, I, this was the most random thing that we probably had ever gone back and forth on, like off the pod, like just one of those things that like, what the hell's happening? Uh, Las Vegas, uh, night golden Knights goalie, Robin Leonard ran there's, out of the blue. Like everyone just kind of was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. He goes, he issues, I think, two or three random tweets, but they were serious tweets, serious accusations about uh illegal prescription. Not I don't like un unknowingly a uh, players getting un uh, unknown amount of prescription pills being prescribed, uh benzo benzo at dazepin, ambien on long flight trips. And then the weirdest part was when he randomly tweeted hashtag Philadelphia Flyers. Dinosaur coach treating people like robots, not humans. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire Vigneault. Directly goes after Elaine Vigneault. Continues. First story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. Dot, dot, dot. Now, the weirdest part was he, he's never played for Elaine Vigneault. And then he kind of walked it back and said, no, I wasn't. I didn't mean to go after or I didn't intend to go after Elaine Vigneault directly. But he tweeted at him directly. 
or like mentioned him by name. He didn't mention his own coach. He didn't mention a Pittsburgh coach. He didn't mention a former coach from what his playing days back in the, any of his other teams. Like, look, the, the dark side of sports is we don't talk about this enough. Leonard's uh, accusations are legitimate to a certain, to, to a certain degree. That's why the NHL immediately reached out and said, what's going on? What can you tell us? The problem with sports, and we don't talk about it from the NFL to the NBA to the NHL to MLS, wherever it is, there is a serious problem in pain pills and Ambien, evidently. I've never thought about it, but he's probably right. These long flight plane trips, cross-continental from New York to L.A., L.A. to New York, you're doing it back and forth. Like These are serious accusations that need to be investigated, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think it's a deniability to say, of course it's going on. It's something that you and I and the rest of us, you listener, cannot wrap our head around because we don't think of it in that in that light because we don't want to know about it. We want to be ignorant to the fact that this is a serious problem that Leonard is addressing and we have to be cognizant of what's going on. It, 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 and it just leads back to Leonard's right, but he addressed it wrong is how I is really what I think how this happened at the end of broke down at the end of the day. I think a lot of it got confused because he yep. was talking about the medication then brought up Vigneault, but he was talking about Vigneault styles coach, like old school, like being mean to players. That's sort of oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, ha- what that's he why he brought up dinosaurs. Yeah, and that's why he kind of walked it back the next day. Like when you're reading something, you're just kind of tweeting stuff out as your mind is going like, yep. He's been very open to the fact he has mental health issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. That was the other thing. And again, we've talked about it several times on this podcast. Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts was the immediate thought for some people was, is Robin okay? Like, does yeah, he need to yeah, be in and looked at? And again, these are things that have to be addressed. I hope Robin's okay. I haven't watched any of his videos and- lately. So I, I I hope he is in a better place now that he's gotten off this off of his chest. Everything that I've seen, it's yes, is that you know how something can just build up so much in your mind, you just need to kind of get it out. Mm-hmm. Some people are really like that. I and mean, when you're dealing with someone with mental illness, sometimes that happens and it just comes out all of a sudden. Some people aren't able to segment their thoughts and just be able to put it all out. Yep. I, I think this is when you're talking about the, 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 the medicine issue, like, first of all, let me address the Vigneault thing. He's an old school coach. He's hard on his players. So the new style of coach is being more friendly, being a more players coach, that sort of thing where you're not yes. as demanding, that sort of thing. You're being more, more positivity. When I coach them, I'm, I'm, I'm usually about building up and positivity. And I, I'm a, I'm, I should say when I I was hard when I needed to be and really, but at the same time, you you say something, but you say positive, negative, positive, that sort of thing. You do the sandwich. I've always, people say that's the wrong way to do it. That was always my approach is that, hey, look, we didn't do this well, but overall, we did a good job today. Like you got to play hockey, had fun. Yeah, we didn't do this. It's not a good, I don't know. I would never do it. For me, it was always an effort. I think that's what he's saying is oh, he's hard on his players. He wants them to be the best because he knows in order to succeed in this league, you need to be the best. Some guys have different approaches with that. It's just coaching style. I mean, coaches wear down players after time, and that's why coaches are replaced. The shelf life on the coach is never long. I think that's what he's referring to, but it's weird because he's played for Ottawa, Buffalo, the Islanders, and Chicago, and now Vegas. Vigneault's never coached any of those teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, unless he's heard it from other players or dealt something firsthand outside of this, I don't know. I'm not going to make accusations. <clears throat> Excuse me. My throat's a little froggy. I have no idea why. Um, 
However, I will say this, speak to this as far as the medication part. This isn't just a dark side of professional sports. This is a dark side of like our culture. And I'll be honest with you when you really think about it, because, you know, something's going wrong here. Take a pill. Like, oh, you're feeling a little depressed. Oh, here, take a pill. Oh, you can't sleep. Oh, here, take a pill. Like there's a pill for everything. There is a pill. You don't want to have kids. Take a pill. Like, you know, you, you want to, you want to go to unit. You want to get excited and, and have fun here. Take a pill. Um, you're not feeling well. You feel like you have the flu here. Take a pill. You got COVID. Guess what's coming? A pill. Um, the problem is, is our culture is that everything there's a remedy in a pill form. And I think that that's the darker side you're talking about. It's not just sports. It's our culture is that we spend too much time trying to treat symptoms instead of the root cause of the problems. And, you know, like guys who are sore and are beat up after a long season. Oh, you know, the season here, we, we need you to play, take this pill. I understand that's probably what's going on there. And you have to know what's going on. It's going on. We hear about it all the time. Like, you're like, oh, we got a cortisone shot in his knee. That way he can play the game today. Like, you know, and that's always oh, a warrior for doing that. Like, okay, that's great. But what's wrong with the knee? Why does he need cortisone in, it in the first place? Like, should he even playing on a knee? Is there something with a cartilage? Is there a muscular issue? What's going on here? Like, but there's a pill for it and there's a remedy to make it go away in the short term. That's, I think, the bigger problem here that he's trying to address is that, yes, hockey is a big part of what does that and what can go on in the background behind the scenes that people aren't privy to. And I, you have to admit, there are a lot of players that they understand that they have a short life in what they're doing here in professional sports. So they will take those little things so they can play, so they can earn that living and earn every dime it's possible because they know it's not going to be there one day, or at least most of them should know that. But is it the right thing to be doing as people? Is it the right thing to be doing where every time something has something going on, just give them a pill, give them a shot, give them some sort of thing to remedy the pain? Well, I want to know what's causing the pain. Why don't we spend more time looking at what's causing them not to sleep? What's causing them to feel that pain? What's causing them to feel sad? Like, what's going on here? Now, some of it is medicinal. Some of it, when you're talking about mental health and, and legitimate, like, hormonal imbalances, like, that's that's legitimate. It's it, And you need, like, a medicine or a pill for that. That's what you need. But the problem is I ask more about, you know, things like if a guy can't sleep, why, why isn't he sleeping? What, what, what can he change naturally to do that? And again, that's why I think the bigger problem is it's it's so much been accepted culturally that there's a pill for everything. And big pharma has an answer for everything. Not to get political, but it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you, you've seen Enzite Bob on TV. Honestly, big smile on his face. Wife's got a big smile on her face. Oh, I wonder why. Because oh, I took this little pill. And guess what? Room, room. I can go off to the races whenever I want now. It, it's, it's, it's so commercialized. It's right in our faces. We don't even really say it. And I think that yeah. that's that- the bigger problem there. Yeah, to, I mean to put a to put a cap on it. Like, there's this there's a show on, and as you may know, and if you don't, if you're listening, if this is the first episode you're listening, we welcome you into the Orange Backcheck community. Like, I work in political talk radio as my full time job. We happen to have an author on on our Friday show, so two days from the time of this recording. If you're if you're listening to the show, um, it, it's this. It, there's a Hulu show that's coming out based on this book that we're gonna have called Dope Sick. And it's about West Virginia, particularly about how they have been impacted by the opioid crisis. You started out with uh, uh, well, Purdue Pharma said that oxycodone, uh, oxycontin was not 
one percent. They they went around to doctors' offices and would just say one percent of people get uh uh addicted to this. Yeah, this is and that it was thing complete on, lie on Hulu with the with it's coming out on Hulu. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yep. I'm blown away by. It. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's coming out. I believe October thirteenth. But there is a book uh by okay. Beth Macy. I believe. I, I apologize if I got her name wrong. Uh, I have her on my calendar for the the show, the full time show I do. Anyway, but like that's it, it's it's gonna it's in exactly what you're talking about. How. This kind of commercialized, it, it's its a very weird thing that it seems to only be in America, where we watch yeah. TV commercials about uh, anything and everything comes down to a pill, whether it's the happy pill for men or the, for, for birth control for women. It doesn't matter what it may be, but it's so commercialized, we're just injected to think when we go to the doctor's office, this is who, that is what we ask about. Not the doctors telling us what we need. We're asking the doctors, and that's completely Correct. ass backwards. It's backwards, totally backwards. But that goes back to the professional level where, and I think you and I were talking about this. The other problem is, and uh, this is the cap on it, I promise, and I'll let you wrap it up. Organizations like the Flyers, like the Las Vegas Golden Knights, as bad as this is going to sound, it's true. The players are kind of a property to them. Yes, they pay them. Yes, they're, they, they, they want the best out of them. But they also need to look at the bottom line for them. If Michael Jordan in his prime or LeBron James is not going to be ready or Claude Giroux on the localized level for this podcast, like if they're not available for the Pittsburgh Penguins game or the big rivalry game, and all they really need is a little bit of a pain medication, you damn be sure that that organization, the Philadelphia Flyers, whoever it may be, wants them on the ice. Now, as bad as that sounds, they will do their best to give them the proper dosage through their medical team's doctors. And it's that's the key phrase. And I know you and I were talking about this. Medical team doctors. Yeah. Team doctors is hired by the organization. They're going to listen to the guy upstairs. And they're not... They're, they'll take the players into, into consideration, but they ultimately work for the organization. And that's a problem too, that has to go addressed. Yeah. And I, again, you go back to the human part of it. And I, I've always questioned that why, you know, I, I, I forget there was an NFL player who talked about that. I forget who it was. I think it might've been Antonio Brown. Honestly, honestly, it might've been where he's saying, it doesn't matter what I think the doctors work for the team. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa like it just kind of opened up your mind a little bit like oh that's right they do like i would i will go out on a limb and i'll say this i generally honestly believe that teams will do everything you're right they're under contract they're some of them are viewed as property of the team they will generally do what is best for the person I honestly believe too that, but at the same time, you go look at Dan Carcillo's Twitter feed after all this stuff and talked about what he did with Steve Monitor and what happened to Steve Monitor. Well, he committed suicide. Yeah. So, like, and the Blackhawks really apparently, from what Dan Carcillo, I'm not saying this. Dan Carcillo tweeted this. Uh, was this that, is just Dan Carcillo's account. This is Dan Carcillo's account. Dan Carcillo's Twitter account said that basically Steve Monitor was banished by the Blackhawks after he signed his fit for play form and. He was blackballed because he didn't do what the team wanted him to do. And he couldn't celebrate the 23rd and play with them in the 2013 final. And, um, you know, and, and that, that when you, when you hear stuff like that, 
you you don't want to think as a human being that other human beings are being treated that way. It's very hard. Like, like I, you know, like I couldn't imagine doing that, looking at a guy dead in the eye and be like, well, you know what? You, you work for this company and we're going to tell you what to do as far as that goes, because, you know, you're a pro hockey player and you should be able to toughen it out and do that. I have a problem with that. I just can't think of a human level that just, I just can't comprehend that. Like you need to do what's best for people. Like at the end of the day, he might be a professional hockey player, but he's still a human being first before he's a professional hockey player. And people, we get so blinded by entertainment and personality. And because there's so much money involved in a lot of these things that we don't look at things at a humanistic level. And when you're talking about people and lives and human beings, you know, it, none of that stuff just seems to come first. It's always, well, what can we do to get that person out there? Like, and then I think that that's the wrong way of looking at things because it's not holistic. It's not, it's not the way it should be. It's not, it's just at the end of the day, it's, it's not right. So to, to hear something like this from Leonard, knowing that it goes in the background again, they are valid, but I don't think it's just an NHL thing. I think it's bigger than that. I think it's, I think it's, it's a cultural problem at the end of the day. It is a cultural problem. Just like right now we're in this cultural price crisis where everything needs to be politicized. Like everything is a political issue. Everything is argument. Facts are being invalidated because you don't believe them. Like, you know, like, Oh, we don't believe science. We believe this other stuff. I'm not not trying to start a political arguments, but Again, it's a, it's a cultural issue. Like at some point we, we, we need to understand that we are a species on a planet that we're currently really not doing good things to. We're not as entitled as we think we are. And anytime that you do, I suggest you go look at the picture called the, the pale blue dot and understand that on that pale blue dot that little tiny blue pixel that's looking back from out of our solar system from voyager one or voyager two one of the two of them is everything that's ever happened in your life everything that's ever happened culturally politically whatever going on happened on that little blue dot that's the size of a pixel so you that's what i'm saying is that that's why i think that it's a bigger problem because we're not looking at things from a humanistic standpoint We're, we're looking at it as what's best for us rather than doing what's the right thing to do for people. And yep. at, when it comes to conversations like this, those are the conversations that need to be had, not about so much the medicine, but it's the bigger issues of why it's even happening in the first place. And that's where it goes. Sorry. And if you're not willing to be that open-minded and have that, then you shouldn't have the other conversation in the first place. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, let's wrap on a lighter note or uh, uh, one more disgruntled thing that I think we both agree on. Uh, the Flyers are doing a, if you haven't been paying attention, oh. the Flyers are doing a contest for what their goal song, to tradition like any other, what their goal song will be for the 2021-2022 season. They revealed it to, uh, or they released it to the public. They said, hey, here's a list of songs. Nominate who you want. Let us know who you, who you can find, what you think, and we'll narrow this down to what as we get to the they'll reveal it on the night of the, the opener on friday nine days from now against vancouver <laughs> unless they get shut out <laughs> and imagine if they get shut out oh my god i kind of hope be, they get shut would, out i hope that happens that would here be are the finals before because I, I i have one that i'm actually okay with but at the end of the day i i don't like any of them uh i'm the with three you, and i hope we're on the same page i think one. we are okay the three finalists are tarzan boy 
I swear to God, that is the name of the song. Tarzan yeah. Boy by Baltimore, mm-hmm. an Italian uh, disco group, which really jumps off the page of what you want to hear after Claude Giroux pots one in. Uh, the second one is This Girl by This Girl by Kungs and Kutten on Three Burners. Exactly how it sounds. It's nothing special. No. My favorite of the three. It's not really a favorite. It's just kind of like if I have to choose, I'll go with this one. Beer by Real Big Fish. Reggae. Saka. No. Ska, sorry. No, no, no. I'm not a like, huge fan of the Ska. The Ska. I'm not looking at that. So we're not on the same page. Wow. I thought so, we would be. Um, th- this, this, is, this is the one I would go with. Yeah, come on, Tarzan boy. No, yes, no. Totally. I, 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 you, first off, it's so dumb. It has to be the goal song. No, like, it has no, to you, be. Like you can't do Kungs because but, it's just that's so current. It's stupid. First off, there's and, none and, of and these no, songs. Not, not real big fish. Nobody wants. No, no. no. None of these songs are goal songs in the traditional sense of the. I, Thank you. Like, like none every- of these songs make sense for to be hearing. Honestly, what a lot of people that I saw on Twitter, Twitter's reaction, and a couple of friends of mine, like I, I think this notion a couple of years ago they did um the Philadelphia Union's uh, goal song, Dupe. Dupe. yeah, the Dupe song. Here's my thoughts on that, and I think it is a great idea because yeah, you're kind of stealing it from the Union, but you're also in the same city, so you have kind of a mutual understanding, whatever. Also, the union stole it from another soccer club over in Europe. Like, this is nothing new for American soccer to steal something from European soccer to use as their own. So, like, just make this simple. Just go with dupe for the rest of time. I think that's a great camaraderie between the Philadelphia Union and the Philadelphia Flyers, who are honestly jockeying for the city's attention for the both of them. They're both solid teams. They're both solid clubs. Why not show some camaraderie and 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 get and, and use the same goal song? I like if these are the three choices, I'd rather you just steal from the union, quote unquote, steal and, and use dupe. You know, this is what frankly pisses me off. There's no other way to describe it. This just pisses me off when they do this kind of stuff. Like, frankly, like this is gritty part two. Like, it's so friggin' stupid. Like, yeah, with all due respect, like I understand you're trying to get fan engagement here. But who the hell of all people would pick those three goddamn songs? To yeah, you're not with? getting like, real fans who? vote on this. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, who who in Philadelphia would pick these three songs? That's what I'm saying. Is that like Dupe is a great one. Like, I was always impartial to bro him when they did Pennywise. But the thing yeah, is, yeah, I like that's bro him. the Anaheim. But Ducks, that was that's also their goal song. Was that's that Anaheim? Anaheim okay. It's Anaheim, their goal song. But like, here's the here's here's what's aggravating, and really just really really aggravating is like. The Rangers have their own goal song, like their own like homemade goal song. Like right. it's, it's really good. Like, and if you ever go to a game at Madison Square, yeah, Garden, I've been there, and it the hasn't changed in do, a decade. Yeah, and that's the thing. They, they, they have, it hasn't changed since the nineties. It's like yeah. I remember back in like 94, 95, that was their goal song. That's been there yeah. for like thirty years. But what's even crazier, it's really cool, is they have an identity. Like you go there. They have the organ with an electric guitar playing at the same time. Like that's incredible. That's right. great presentation. Yep. Okay. So they had their signature. The Boston Bruins have used Zombie Nation by Current Craft 400 for 20 freaking years. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, I the, think the, the answer past, is honestly past, really the past 10 years, 15 years have been Chelsea Dagger for the Blackhawks. Yep. And the Penguins have used Andrew WK 
uh, we like the party for the longest time now too. So they have identity of these goal songs where they don't need to change it. I feel like every freaking year this team has changed its goddamn goal song for whatever reason. If and that it's is stupid. Not, if that is not a microcosm of how this organization has been run for the last 10 to 15 yeah. years, it, I don't know what is. Like it's just like to the point of what you were doing with New York. Like if you're trying to get fan engagement, Reach out to local bands. Hey, what can you put together? And Help they do. For their credit, they do. For the, the 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 song when they win the game, the orange and the black. That is done by a local band. I forget who. But that's You're been right. like that for the past 15 years. It, yep. It's been there since the lockout. Then I would just make that the goal song. Then. That's not a goal song. Sorry. Yeah, but not not a, a, neither of these three. But that's what I'm that's my point is that you had a couple already. <laughs> you 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 had you had dupe. You know, you had yep. like um, you know, you like had make uh, dupe your identity. You and the union can both have dupe. Dupe, 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 dupe. Like it's and not like, difficult. And that and that's the key. Like there's there's another one that I had a long time ago where like it's um what's it called? Like booyah. Like when I had this one. Do you want to play it? I, I it's not playing. <laughs> Are you on Apple iTunes? No, or... no it's, it's actually one of my it's actually one of my ringtones. I had it because before they oh, even see, had the goal. See, song. Like, this is this is why. The, the, and that's just, just, no, I had that before it even became the goal <laughs> song, which is like, oh, that's cool. Now it's the goal song. But like, it's the key is like, there's there's no like song that they just can't put there and leave alone. Like, Brohim right. was awesome. Like, that was really. But I understand that they didn't want to do the same thing that the Ducks did. I totally understand that. That's respectable. Yeah. But that's still a great song because it was it was awesome. Then they change it, and then the next one of that was Dupe. And you know, you know, um, what's it called? I think it's, it's Scooter who sings that song, like you know, and that's yep. that's a it's a it's just it fits, like you know, like you can, exactly like, after the goal, like it's it's just it it works here, it works here, like it's a yep. signature song, but then you got to tailor it every year, and the players change it and have the goal song, and then like you know, uh, what's it called? You have um, uh, what was that song they used? I don't know. Last year, the season before, whatever song, weird, weird 80s song that it was. Yeah. They tried to do the whole Gloria thing that they did from uh, what's it called um, uh, from St. Louis when they won the cup, which wasn't even their goal song. Their goal yep. song is like an organ, and yep. they just used Gloria as their as their victory song. They're just the problem is that there's been so much change that just just keep one and pick it, but not one of these three. Like I don't want to hear Tarzan Boy for the next twenty years. Like no, you're wrong. If you do it and you stick with it, I'm fine with it. But I don't want to do it for the next 20 years where, you know, next thing you know, we're changing every three years. Oh, change the goal song. Change the goal song. Just change the goal song. No, there's like, no doubt in my mind we're changing. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt in my mind after this season, we're going to be doing this again. Yeah. Like, we're just going to be picking out new songs every year. But and that's silly. It's, it's just silly. so it's, dumb. It's silly. It, it, it's, it's just, it's just, it, it's a marketing ploy. Like, it's a marketing ploy. That song I get it, it, but you need to have a better marketing ploy. That is really what yeah, it comes down to. It's just, it, but, it, I I understand. I'm with you. Like it, I get it's a fan engagement bit against people, but I just I can't believe that of all the things they got, that three they came up with. It just it, it just yep. blows my mind. It just blows, who's deciding that? It's someone who woke up in the morning and say, heard Tarzan boy on the radio had <laughs> yes. twenty years. Yeah, let's play like, there. Huh? You guys well, hear this? Totally mess with the people because I know Tarzan yep. boy out of all three of them is gonna win. If it's not Tarzan boy, then I won't go to a goddamn game all year because I ain't listening to that crap after they score. If I go to a game, hope they get shut out. Well, that's a lie. We both know that's a lie. Yeah, that's a that's a I hot mean, take. Uh, that, yeah, that's yeah, just that was not true one of the all. worst hot takes I've ever had. <laughs> On that note, we thank you so much for listening. As always, hey, we relaunched our Instagram page. If you followed it already, refollow us. Orange and Backcheck Podcast is the new handle right there on Instagram. Give us a follow. Twitter and Facebook, the same old stuff. 
at Orange Backcheck. You'll find us everywhere, all the good social medias. We thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, hey, next time we talk, it's going to be regular season hockey. I mean, it, it, we we made it, folks. That's all it really comes down to. What are your predictions for this season? Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. You have some predictions. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, make sure you tell Evander Can I got a vaccination card for him. <laughs>